Welcome back to the Fairway Performance Podcast. My name is Sean Dykoff and I'm your host on this podcast and my aim is to help you improve your best asset on the golf course, which is your body, in order to improve your game as well as your fitness. Now on today's episode, I am just pulling out three questions that I got from asking a poll or an Instagram sticker during the week and it was three which are you know, just at random, but they're like really super common questions. And I'm not going to ask exactly what the person has asked. I'm going to slightly um, edit it just so that, um, you know, they can't be identified, doesn't have their name and stuff in there. Uh, But they're questions which, you know, I get pretty much every single day in the DMs. Now, the first question that uh, this person asked is, it's hard to know what exercises would improve my golf swing and help me get more speed power and of course would make my body last over time. Although I know the general physics, which helps, I want more golf-inspired program and schedule for both power and mobility. Now, essentially what this person is asking is they, they're saying... They're saying two different things. So they're saying they want a program, they don't understand what a program is, but they understand the physics of it. Now, they... So this person to me understands what a golf swing is and what the demands are potentially for mobility or, or maybe uh, speed and power are important things, but they don't quite understand what the actual programming is or what the stimulus that they need to impose on their body to create a certain adaptation to create more speed and power in their body. So with that in mind, the the general uh, general consensus with this is to increase your speed and power, we are gonna look to do overspeed and overload training. Now, overspeed training being doing stuff like plyometrics or we're using a really light weight and we're trying to move really fast, speed sticks, rip stick, um, the stack, all of those systems utilize that, uh, doing sets and reps of different swings in different formats and right side, left side, all that type of stuff. The overload training is where we're starting to lift heavy weights. And in lifting heavy weights, what that elicits is a response. Uh, So long as we have the intention to move those weights quickly or we're trying to move those weights quickly, what that will do is uh, train our or increase our amount or um, uh, makeup of fast twitch or or type 2 muscle fibers. And in that changing of those type 2 muscle fibers, it it helps us to increase our speed. The other benefit to overload training is that we're lifting heavy weights, creating time under tension, which is also known to increase muscle mass, um, but it also increases our strength, which uh, helps with the power formula. So by doing overspeed and overload training in concert or in combination during a program, you're going to get the best of both worlds. Now, there's an example later where I'm going to talk about uh, a, a specific person who asked a question who would benefit from over speed training more than overload training. And hopefully when I talk about that example, you um, pick up on it and, and understand what the difference is between the two. Now, the second part to his question was, um, he wants a more golf inspired program or schedule and wants to make his body last. Now, you can achieve both of those things quite easily. The So the first part to that, Um, making your body last over time we need to be doing some form of um, functional movements so functional movements are are movements that help us function as human beings so squat hinge push pull um, those types of movements Um, squat deadlift bench lunges um, 
all different variations of those with kettlebells, dumbbells, barbells, medicine balls, all that type of stuff. So having a, an array of those things in our program, not doing an array of them every single week. We would pick a certain few, do them for a four to six week block, and then move on to the next part. And, and that would form our you know four to six week block of training with a little deload week and then moving on to the next part. The other part to it is a golf-inspired program. So we just need to look to the demands of golf as a sport and we don't we're not really rewarded for how fast we can run around the golf course um how quickly we can play although for some people um just as a side note i wish some people did more cardio so they could walk the bloody course faster so i didn't have five hour rounds at, at my home course um the and then sorry about that tangent um the so not not um doing cardio in your training is is not going to be a huge detriment to your golf game as long as you're able to walk you know the amount of times that you want to play per week and you know you're not waking up like super sore the next day um in the legs or um you know you can't walk the course the next day because you're so tired and sore after having done it um or you get too puffed walking up and down the hills and whatnot so um that would maybe be a red flag for someone who needs to do a bit of cardio work uh you're going to get so much more rewards by building lean muscle mass because that's going to help you increase your speed and power for one without having to do any speed and power work just being a larger human being and having a larger amount of muscle mass is going to help with that and then the second part to that is that that helps with longevity one of the things that happens as we get older is our muscle just starts to disappear we start to lose it because we're not using it we need to use our muscle in order to keep it um, so that's why they talk about things like gaining or shredding or maintenance all those types of things um, we're not going to go into depth on each of those but essentially if you want to maintain what you have it's very easy to do and it takes very little effort to maintain it in terms of going to the gym and doing just a certain amount of sets and reps to to keep what you have uh, however if you don't do it and then need to rebuild it obviously it's much harder uh, so hopefully that's answered that question in terms of overspeed overload so talking about um, swing speed training talking about what movements to do squat deadlift um, push pull type movements uh, and then you're going to be so much more rewarded by doing all of those things and um, you know not avoiding cardio but only doing it if it's like something that's actually required or um, for most of my clients, if they do three strength training sessions a week and they're hitting that really well and they want to add a fourth session, but they don't really want to add weights in because it, it might make them sore or, or too fatigued, um, then potentially doing some form of light cardio or small hit session could be a, a good option for them to add as their fourth session. And then obviously we just need to talk about timing during the week so they don't um, do it too close to golf. Now, the, so the next question, this, this next question is going to answer some of the stuff that may have been left unsaid in the first one. So um, the second question was, um, this person was struggling with routines, sets, frequency, exact weights, and unsure of how many and how much to do each session. Um, so this, this one is super dependent. Like, I hate to give the answer, it depends, but this one is like, it's just begging for me to answer that. And it's because everyone is so different. So as an example, if you're someone starting out with hypertrophy training, so trying to build some muscle, you can do, say, between 10 and 12 sets of, um, we'll use a simple muscle like the bicep. If you do 10 to 12 sets of 
um, work on the bicep. So that might be, you know, four sets of 10 reps of bicep curls and four sets of 10 reps of concentration curls, and then three sets of 10 reps of another exercise for the biceps. Um, you know, maybe using a cable machine or something like that. Now, that would be sufficient enough and enough stimulus to uh, enable a response or an adaptation for you to increase the size of your biceps. Now, for someone who has trained more, me, for example, I need to go up around the 20 to 25 sets in order to get the same sort of a response that someone who's just starting out with their training is going to get. And that's just because I've been doing this for so much longer. My biceps are, are, are well-trained um, because they've been doing a lot of sets and reps of different exercises over the years. Uh, not necessarily bicep curls, um, pull-ups, um, underhand, overhand, all that type of stuff. There's, there's so many different exercises, lat pull-downs even, uh, trains the biceps. Um, so because I've trained them so so much over the years through all different exercises, I need a, a really high load or high volume in order to elicit a, a big response. So that's going to determine the the sets and um, the frequency. Um, it'll also determine the weights because someone who's done a lot of reps is probably going to start with a heavier weight or a lot heavier weight than someone who hasn't done it before. Um, and then uh, in terms of um, frequency, for me to get a similar response to someone who's just starting out, I would need to train five, six days a week and, and hammer each muscle group each day in order to feel just as sore as somebody who uh, was just starting out and literally just doing you know 10 sets of each um, exercise across the body. Um, the So hopefully let's talk to sets, frequency, um, exact weights. Um, with the exact weights, you can use a couple of different ways to determine what, you, what your start weight's gonna be. My favorite one is when I give a program to someone and I say do three sets of eight this week and then we're gonna build um, the reps each week over the next few weeks. I want that first week of them doing that three sets of eight, I want them to feel like they probably could have done 10 reps at that weight uh, or maybe 11 at the most. And that would have been like a failing at that 11, 11 rep mark. Um, so what that's going to do is if we start week one at eight reps, then week two at nine, week three at 10, then 11 and 12 up to week five, they've got three to four weeks in order for them to gain confidence with the movement, um, to lift the same weight, but increasing the reps and the volume. So they're obviously um, building strength there, um, or they're, they're starting to get some sort of adaptation and change, and the stimulus is gonna get a little bit harder. And then by the time they get to that week four and five of 11 and 12 reps of that particular exercise, they're, they're going to find it um, quite difficult, or it should be quite hard, and they should just be able to get it out and feel like they could maybe have done 12 or, or sorry, done 13 or 14 reps of that weight at the most. So that's a really good way to do it. Um, people use RPE systems and all sorts of other systems, but I just think they're a little bit too complicated for someone who is just starting out in the gym, um, which was this person, because um, they, they obviously have all of these questions and, and there's so many unknowns for them. Um, but yeah, ho hopefully that answers that one. Um, with a slightly different tweak to what I've answered before, which is like telling you the exact sets and reps of different things. So uh, then, so the third question was, um, I'm an ex-rugby player, um, so do have some good muscle mass. Admittedly, the last 12 months, I've not really hit the gym as finding times was playing as much golf as I can. And also after having done my TPR screening, I've been working more on my mobility as I was very stiff due to my gym training, which was more bodybuilder rugby type of training. 
I'm six foot five, 17 and a half stone, so still do have some muscle mass. I'm not sure how much 17 and a half stone is. I'm assuming it's like 100 to 110 kilos. Uh, I'm currently playing off a nine handicap, been thinking of getting back to the gym, but with a different outlook to more golf specific exercises and strength training. So my my advice to this person um, is to get an individual program uh, from me, which is going to help with that because I can uh, take a deep dive into it or even just get their TPI screening results from uh, another trusted TPI certified coach. And we can work out what their mobility restrictions potentially are. But um, in going back to just really briefly going back to uh, what I was talking about before with overspeed and overload training, this person would benefit significantly more from the overspeed component to training rather than the overload. So overload is where we lift heavy, we're using weights and we're doing you know three to five reps and all that sort of stuff. It's it's stuff that a, a rugby player would uh, be doing because they are um, trying to build power with an external load or speed and force with an external load um, because another player is tackling them, etc. So they would have done lots and lots of that and they wouldn't have necessarily done a whole lot of um, you know, strength power plyometrics. Um, they may have done some in their sprint training and whatnot, but um, not the type for golf training, which if they go and get some speed sticks in the stack system, and I actually think this person bought the, the stack or, or one of those, um, one of those speed stick uh, systems. So um, my advice was, yeah, to do that, but also with a mix of mobility, etc. Um, so this this is a person who would significantly benefit more from the overspeed work rather than the overload work. Now, uh, in in saying that this person is working on uh, more mobility as they were stiff due to the gym training, what I would do, and from my knowledge of uh, ex-pro athletes and and rugby players in particular. Uh, they may reduce the range of motion to something that's beneficial for that sport. And the range of motion for a rugby player is a lot shorter than, uh, or in my opinion, a lot shorter than what a, a golfer would be. So for for this guy, um, he would get significant benefit from starting with lighter weights and going for the 8 to 12 repetition range and doing squats but like really like ass to grass as low as he can um, from doing deadlifts from the ground and doing eight to ten reps or eight to twelve reps of deadlifts um, even a deficit deadlift or a single leg deadlift Um, so he's getting a large range of motion and um, building muscle through that large range of motion what this is also going to do is it's a form of loaded mobility so the the barbell pushing him down into that low squat is helping him increase his range of motion and, and length of muscle and tissue and all that sort of stuff and also by doing deadlifts with a full range of motion and not doing like rack pulls or cleans or something like this or hang cleans or whatever um he's also increasing his range of motion through the hamstrings and, and other parts of the body so um, by going to more functional movements, more so than the bodybuilder, potentially rugby type of training, which from my understanding is a little more reduced in the range of motion, uh, he's going to see significant benefits uh, to his overall mobility, but he can be working on his strength at the same time. So you don't have to work on them individually. You can be working on your strength and your mobility concurrently by doing strength work, but just being smarter with the movements that you're choosing. So um, I think that's as in-depth as I want to go in answering that question. Hopefully that 
Um, if this guy's listening, um, he probably knows who he is because, um, you know, it's a fairly in-depth question and, and a couple of specifics there. Um, hopefully that, that gives him a bit more of an answer as to that question. Um, and then same for the other two guys who asked those questions as well. Um, I, I might have answered it slightly different on Instagram and, and maybe pointed them to a program that I can help them with um, just because of the volume of these DMs I get. I can't like go into depth with every single person as much as I would like to, but I can answer them on this format and help a lot of people um, like you guys listening in because you know you might resonate with one of those three questions and, and even just one of the things that I've said has been worthwhile for you to listen to and and um, to support you in your training. So um, that's uh, that's all I've got time for this week, guys. I'm going to leave it there just to keep it fairly short for you. Um, the last thing I'm going to say is I am looking for a few more individual coaching clients. And if you would like to apply to um, have a call with me to work out whether my coaching and programming is going to be beneficial and help you, then you can uh, go onto the bio of my Instagram and hit the Fairway Performance Client Application link in there, and there's just four really easy questions to answer. Um, pretty much just like your details and um, and just like where you're at with training and, and things that you want help with, uh, and then just click submit on that, and I'll get back to you right away. Uh, the next way that you can do it um, is in the show notes of this episode. You can jump onto there, and I'll. Um, put the link to uh, jumping on a call with me uh, or, or the client application form and then we can organize a call after that. Um, and I would love to help you out and just see um, what your issues are, what what I can help you with and um, make sure that it, it's going to be a good fit and I can actually help you with your goal or what you want to work towards. And um, yeah, we'll go from there. So that's all I have time for this week, guys. Again, thank you very much and play well, train hard and I'll talk to you guys next week.